Welcome to another episode of Ice Coast. Today we dive deep, we stay within the depth, and I hope that you find time to sometimes come back <laughs> and have a lot of oxygen and embrace and comfort. This is a beautiful interview with Rev Shell, and sometimes <laughs> it gets so deep that we need to take it easy and sometimes we can handle the depth for me to interview Ravshell was such an experience and i did my best to stay on top and to handle myself because it was very <laughs> very emotional so here we go Ravshell is a metaphysical minister a family constellation facilitator and a clinical hypnotist she guides emotionally conscious daughters as they connect the dots from their mother wound to issues in their relationships, in their career, finances, fertility, health and parenting. And she does this with her paradigm-shifting, evidence-based and trauma-informed healing experience that breaks generational and subconscious cycles of pain between daughters and their mothers. Now, I want to tell you that we mentioned a few times the call language approach, which has four themes, and I didn't have time to ask Ravshell about them. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about them now. So Mark Wolin, who wrote the book It Didn't Start With You, to explain how trauma is a part of us and it's coming down from our genetics, what you took from your parents is what they actually received from their grandparents and we can go up and up the genealogical tree and we can witness trauma being passed down so it's it's not about you it's not about how mom felt about you it's how it's how the family has been and so the core language approach has four themes called your core complaint your core descriptors, your core sentence, and your core trauma. And by coming into those four themes, it helps you to understand your trauma and how you experienced and how you can heal this trauma. In the show notes, you will find all the links that are coming back into Ravshell's work. So if you desire to work with her, or if you want to visit many of the things that she put online for you to discover. I thank you for listening. I thank you for investing this time and energy into, into another weekly exploration with us. Thank you so much. Before we start, I also want to tell you that if you visit anchor.fm slash ice dash dash closed, you can leave a message. And you can tell me about your day, you can tell me about a specific episode, and I would love to include your voice into, into a new episode. So come, join the movement, and share your frequency with us, because I want you to be seen with grace and with beauty, and I would like to thank you. If you have time to rate and review my show on Apple Podcasts, that would really help to spread the message. I would really love to hear your feedback. Thank you. 
Have a wonderful week and let's dive in. Welcome to Eyes Closed. Shell, I'm so happy to welcome you into this space. Thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks. Do you want to say a few words before we start with our questions? Yeah, so again, thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, this has been work that I've been preparing um, for quite a while, both personally in my life and professionally, and I'm really excited to really start to bring this concentration of work out in the public. Um, there are many, many people who talk about mother wound healing and who facilitate mother wound healing, and all of them really have their own unique perspective and, um, and approach, and uh, mine comes from my own experience, and it comes from uh, my my um, specific training. And I want to talk just a little bit about that before we get started so that your listeners are very clear on the perspective that um, I bring. So I first want to start off by saying I'm not a therapist. Uh, I am a metaphysical minister and my services are all holistically and spiritually based, right? So um, they really um, employ the mind-body-spirit connection in healing the way that we hold our mother wound. And in saying that, um, I want to pay homage to my mentors and my teachers and the originators of this work because um, this wouldn't even be a discussion if they had not been brave enough um, to face their own stuff and to walk through their own healing process and then create the insistence to really dig deeper into the way that we um, hold trauma and the way that um, looking at our systems that, that we were created in can profoundly shift the way that we think about trauma, the way we think about epigenetics, and the way that we think about our family system. So I am a student of Joanna Lynn of the Family Imprint Institute, um, who is a student of Mark Wolin, who wrote the book, It Didn't Start With You completely changed my life, who is then a student of Bert Hellinger, who is the founder of Family Constellation Work. Um, and a few, a couple of years ago, I came across this book and um, I had read a few pages of it and I put it down and then I had started my own podcast since I've, I've, I've since stopped, but I did a season um, and uh, Joanna Lynn came and was a guest on my show and the minute that we started talking about this work I knew it was something that I had to to learn how to um, bring into my private practice because I was already a clinical hypnotist I work with women and all kinds of issues but I felt like there was more that I needed to bring into my practice and meeting Joanna Lynn and then finally picking up this book and knowing that she was a direct student of Mark just really kind of brought all of that into like full circle and a transform not only my personal life, my own mother wound healing, um, my own healing in my family system period, and the way that um, I brought this work forward to my clients. So I couldn't start this interview without paying homage to them because they really have paved the way for the work that I'm doing here today. Thank you for specifying this and for making, you know, making the time to, to thank your teachers. That's so important and beautiful. Yeah, so we're going to talk today about mother wound. So we, you know, in an ideal society, we have constructed the archetype of the mother who is uh, only but good, who gives her life up almost to just, you know, take care of the children and who within that archetype there's a problem of you know like giving up your entire life as a woman and all those things and um sadly toxic mothers also exist they call it the dark mother or the black mother so many different things that um that are not looked at and so when people have 
toxic mothers, they cannot even comprehend first the fact that this is true, this is difficult, that this is um, almost, you know, like your reality. And, and when you talk about it with others, when you actually done the step of, you know, healing yourself, because this is a wound that is, it's a biologic, genetic, it's a wound that takes you to the cellular level of, well, she brought me to life. And she's the one who brought me here and she hates me or she doesn't like me or I'm not enough or I am problematic or I am not loved by this person who put me here. Well, when you already did that work, which is difficult, you don't have others that also understand you. This is something that we do not look at. We do not look at women who are toxic to their kids because they do not exist in our society and we don't want them to exist. So I want to talk about this with you. I'm so happy that we get to, con to have a conversation and I want to, to start with what are the symptoms of a mother wound? So if we're, um, if we're using the core language approach and the four themes, uh, and we're approaching this from the work that I do, which is outlined in the book, um, It Didn't Start With You by Mark Wolin, then a mother wound really is uh, what's called a break in the bond. And a break in the bond um, is just that. It's a break in the maternal bond between mother and child. And if we start to look at the way that our brain develops in relationship to mom, um, and the way that we are allowed to feel safe and secure um, in the way that our brain develops. All of that happens really between the ages of like really in utero till about seven. And it happens at different stages. From in utero to about three years old is when really our neurodevelopment starts to, to really take hold. And 75% of the brain develops during that time and about 90% of our um, neural pathways or our neurons really hook up with our relationship to mom during that period. And as babies, we learn to respond to her focus, to her attention, to her feeling, her tone of words, her touch. We're able to feel love or not loved or connection or disconnection. And so if mom is coming to motherhood stressed or she can't be fully present with her pregnancy, um, this starts to create this imbalance. And then what happens is as a child, we start to learn not to trust this whole love thing, not to trust this whole connection thing. And it has the potential then to set in motion a further separation. And so once we're born, if there is an imbalance in the relationship or there's a separation or mom has her own trauma or she's just emotionally unavailable or not prepared, um, then this just becomes the environment in which our brain develops and our neural pathways are developed and the way that we learn to connect and hook up with mom. It's like we, we start to mirror mom in that period of time. So some of, and I say all that because it's important that we understand how, how vital this relationship with mom and how important this connection is. And when there is a break in that bond, how detrimental it can be at many stages in our life. And so if we're working from that knowledge of, okay, we've got this break in the bond, um, it could possibly continue um, and not, it is not resolved, it's not healed in early childhood, and it continues. And the, some of the ways that that manifests in our life is um, we have this like innate understanding that we are either undermothered or overmothered, right? Um, if you were overmothered, then maybe you felt smothered, controlled. Um, you couldn't decide whether your 
particular wishes were yours or your mom's. Um, you had no sense of separation and autonomy from your mom, and that's really what made me feeling over mothers that mother feels like. Um, if you've been undermothered, then you have like this deep ache and connection, um, even when it's not safe to be mom, right? Because I think as little girls, and I, I talk specifically about women and, 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 and boys can experience some of the same thing, but I talk specifically about women because that's my specialty. I think all little girls um, at the core of who we are want to connect with our mom. Uh, we want to have that relationship with our mom. But when we have a mother wound, um, it's filtered through that and it doesn't necessarily feel safe, but it doesn't mean that we don't have that ache, right? So a symptom of having a mother wound is having that ache. Yeah, okay. Um, so the way that maybe this can manifest in your life is uh, maybe you have trouble setting boundaries. Maybe you find yourself um, needy in relationships. Maybe you are overly independent. Um, maybe you actively reject mom and all she stands for and you're like, I don't want none of what you have and you go far away and you never talk to mom again. That's definitely a mother wound. Um, if you have a mother wound, you might tend to give away parts of yourself just so that you can feel loved. So you compromise your boundaries constantly. Um, because when, we're, when we have a mother wound, we're like constantly in this fight um, within the many parts of our life to get what we didn't get as a little girl. And so that shows up in our relationships, in our careers, in our friendships, um, in the ways we parent, it even affects our fertility. And so it can affect us in, in all of those areas if we um, don't start to address that. How can it show up in a relationship? Well, like I said, boundaries, maybe you're a little needy, maybe you don't connect, maybe you have a distant attachment style and, or you have um, an insecure attachment style. Um, it can manifest in, in a few ways. In friendships, I've seen it manifest as, um, while you might actively reject mom, you attract friends just like her, right? So that dynamic plays out over and over again. Um, in your career, I've often seen a mother wound shown up in a career um, as imposter syndrome. I have this deep theory that people who experience imposter syndrome uh, probably have, a, have had a relationship with their mom where nothing that they ever did was good enough and she was overly critical of everything that they did. And so they carry that into their career and um, feel like uh, nothing I do is good enough. And if it is good enough, um, I still am not doing enough. And if they find out how, um, you know, enable I am to do this job, then uh, they're just going to find out that I'm a fraud. That comes from a direct mother wound of I'm not good enough. Um, in parenting, gosh, you know, if we, if we move into parenting with our own unhealed mother wound, inevitably we're going to show up another from that place. It's just subconscious. Like we, we sometimes can't even or don't even realize that that's what we're doing. And later on, I'll talk about some of the ways that maybe that manifested in my own life uh, with my own daughter. And then infertility, um, when we don't trust motherhood, it also translates us into maybe us not trusting our own body. Um, sometimes subconsciously we can create blocks that um, say, I don't want to become a mother because my mother-daughter experience has been very painful and I don't want to replicate that. And so subconsciously we can create blocks to even becoming pregnant in the first place. And so there's lots of ways that it can affect us. So I want to take a deep breath because yeah. I can feel as we're talking about that, some of that lands with you. Yeah. 
It's yeah. not easy to hear because it's, I want to protect everybody in the world from this. That's mm-hmm. just how I feel. Yeah. So about those wounds, is there a way that we can repair them beyond childhood, beyond teenagehood? Can we repair them in adulthood and how? Yeah, of course. Um, I think there's lots of ways that, that you can address um, mother wound, uh, the mother wounds that you carry. Um, and I think it's a journey. I don't think there's one particular thing that you can do or one magic wand that you can wave or one pill that you can take or one thing that you can do. I think it's a journey along your own level of awareness. Um, because I think as we start this journey, I think as we start this journey and just kind of coming from my own experience, um, I started this, um, you know, I had a very traumatic childhood with my mom and, and I guess we can get into this later, but if I were to do a ACEs assessment, which a, is a, an assessment that um, assesses how much trauma a child is, is exposed to, I've scored a nine out of a 10, right? So I'm pretty high up there on the ACEs score. Um, I'm 45 years old now and um, I started counseling as a little girl growing up in the foster care system. And so this journey to healing started a long time ago. Um, at first it was, you know, individual counseling, uh, groups to help deal with sexual abuse and physical abuse. I was a foster child, so I was mandated to go to counseling during that process. But once I got out of that um, and, and I became independent, it was a long stretch of time before I went to therapy again. Um, and I could, as I look back, I can see that I had so many times in there where my mother manifested in really dramatic ways, but I didn't really understand what that was. I was into my thirties until I started getting, um, some additional therapy and I started to see really the way that that manifested in my mothering and, um, into, um, my relationships. Those are the two ways that it really manifested in my life. Um, I was really, a um, um, an unhealthy person in relationships. I had no boundaries. Um, people could walk all over me. I felt like I needed to fix everybody because I was that child, you know, the one that um, was responsible for everything. I was the responsible child in the, in the family of addicts, right? We all have our roles to play. So I was the oldest, uh, second to the oldest, but I was the responsible one. I was the one who had my stuff together more than anyone else. Um, and it's the one that I was the one my mom looked to when my brothers and sisters all got taken away to keep the family together. So imagine I have this big responsibility as a teenager, as my mom has asked me, you know, your brothers and sisters have been taken away from me and they're now in foster care. I need you to get them back and I need you to raise them. And that decision to not do that was the first time that I set a boundary with my mom, right? Where I said, this really isn't my job. Um, I have my own family at this point and I need to raise them and I love my brother and sister, but this is not my job to do. So that was really the first boundary that I set. Moving into adulthood, though, um, as this, as my mother would manifest in my relationships and my own parenting, um, I was about 30 before I really started to dig back into this. Lots of talk therapy, um, uh, lots of self-help books, lots of learning to relate to people better, lots of understanding deep depth psychology, understanding um, better communication. I got all these tools and I did all this work, but it wasn't until I really dug into this work that I understood the way that trauma, the trauma of my childhood sat in my body, 
um, and the ways that it subconsciously affected my response to the world and the way I oriented to the world. And so what um, the work with the four, um, the core language approach with uh, the four themes, and we can talk about what those are so that your listeners can understand them, and then work through that energetically with uh, family constellations and really shifting the energy that I held um, and the responsibility then through the system of my family that I held, was I able to truly be free from the stuff that I had carried around for so long? So that was a long answer to your short question. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it easy? No. Well, you have to do um, some really uh, deep digging into how you um, hold your trauma, how you hold your mother wound, how you um, then show up and take responsibility for the work that you have to personally do to understand the system of your family and, and the work that you personally have to do to feel what you have to feel so that you can finally release it. That is a process um, and it's not something that you can do overnight. Can it be done by the mother if she realized that she messed up and she tried to do it beyond childhood and teenagehood? Can it be done by the mother? Absolutely. Yeah. So I am a daughter. I am also a mother. So I'm a daughter with a mother wound and I'm a mother, daughter, mothering a daughter with a mother wound, right? Because when I had my daughter, I was 14 years old. Um, and we have had, she's now 31 and we have had our um, own struggles with this and the ways that it's manifested in our life. Um, we have had Uh, some some real struggles in our relationship. Um, I don't ever believe, and I know a lot of moms will say this, but I don't ever believe that I was toxic for her. I believe that I was wounding for her um, because I had my idea of what motherhood should be and how she should be and how it should all come together. And um, when that didn't happen, um, you know, I um, I didn't really respond in the ways that was the most healthy. But I think. In the last, you know, probably three years, um, I've been doing a lot of this work myself as, the, as, as a daughter, but then as a mother, right? Because when we heal the daughter within, we also heal the mother without. So the mother that we become. Um, and what it does, as I do my own healing, is it frees my daughter to then do her own healing as well. Because not only am I manifesting it in my life, but I'm also modeling it in my life. And um, it shows her that... Um, We all have to take responsibility for our own healing. And when she does that, um, she has her own set of breakthroughs, just as I have my own set of breakthroughs. And so mother wound healing really is a multi-generational process um, that uh, can heal through generations if everyone is committed to doing their own work. However, if you are a daughter coming to this work, the focus absolutely has to be on your own healing and not what your mom is doing. Because um, this work in particular, the, the work that I do, is solely based on the work that we do as daughters um, without expectation of our mom doing any of the work. And I know that that's really hard to hear because we want our mom to do the work too. We want our mom to get in there with us and we want them to learn what we're learning and we want them to acknowledge our pain and to acknowledge what they did. But that honestly may never happen. And I think that we get to a point in our own healing where we have to accept that and move forward regardless. Because we say to ourselves, my healing is more important um, than what my mom is showing up to do. 
And I hope and I pray that she shows up to her healing as well. And maybe by me doing it, it might model and give her the ability to as well. But be detached from that, yeah. um, that result, if that makes sense. Exactly. And that would reproduce how many things that the mother was attached to and that was wounding to the child, like being attached to an outcome. We are just doing that again, like yeah. being attached to an outcome that just, again, might not be in the rhythm of life, might not be what is in store for us. So, you know, let be what. Yeah, I think when we look at, um, if, we, if we take the perspective that um, as, as a daughter, right? Everything that obsesses, upsets us about our relationship with our mom is really reflective of us still being in that fight to get what we did not get as a child, right? At the, at the core of it, that's really what it is. Whatever it is that we didn't get as a child, we are still fighting to get that from mom. But something shifts when um, you do a couple of things. Number one, you look at the family system as a whole and you take your eyes off mom as an individual and you look at the system as a whole to see, okay, I know what created me. Let me look at what created mom. And maybe let me look at what created grandma. And let's see how the system of mother wounding has followed um, all the women through the generations. And it's just happened to manifest in me right now. When we take a systemic look at our family, a um, couple of things happen. Number one, we're able to acknowledge that what we feel and what is so heavy to us really is not ours solely to carry, right? And the awareness that other women in our family have experienced this suddenly shifts the weight of it away from being all on our shoulders to saying, huh, mom carried some of this too. And her mom carried some of this too. And maybe her mom carried some of this too. And so maybe this really is a systemic thing and it's not so personal to me, right? So that's one thing that happened. So once we have that systemic approach and, we, and we're able to shift the weight of that, well, it frees us up a little bit um, to allow ourselves to start um, to get out of that fight and to tell ourselves a new story about um, the relationship with mom. And, because, and so maybe mom, um, we, we see her as a narcissist right? Because that's the way that she's been to us. And that's the relationship that we've had with her. And that's the way our relationship has always been. But when you start to see what created those narcissistic tendencies in mom, possibly what happens um, once you are able to get rid of some of the weight of that personal wound, right? You see it as a family systemic issue. Um, once you see that mom didn't just show up into motherhood being a narcissist and she didn't just show up in into motherhood hating us that there were some things at play within her own life we tend to have a little bit more compassion for mom and that compassion starts to shift the energy in the relationship and the way that we hold her in our heart and that starts to shift the way that we can create boundaries and it starts to shift the way that we feel about ourselves and it starts to shift the way that we relate to people it starts to shift the way that we hold relationships all these things start once we start to look at the system that actually created the family that we're in and the mother that we have does that make sense it does thank you okay i want to talk about the consciousness of conscious so how do we understand consciously what is happening in our subconscious for example you said about the fact that we're still fighting we're still in the fight of trying to get what we didn't get when we were children so yeah. 
how do we address this? So um, that was a really good question. And I sat with that for a while because I wanted to make sure I really understood it. And, and really what I was brought to is the base of this work. Um, if we believe that our body uh, holds our emotions and holds our trauma, then we really have to tune into our body when we start to look at this mother wound. So if you remember back to the start of our conversation, as I was talking about some of the ways that you know you have a mother wound, think about the way that some of the things that I said landed in your body, right? So you heard something that resonated and then maybe immediately you felt an ache in your stomach or a pain in your shoulder or um, your knee started to hurt or your back started to hurt, or you can feel it in your body. That's the subconscious manifestation of the wounds that you carry. And so the key in this work really is to understand um, the way that we hold our pain, the way that we hold our trauma subconsciously, and then acknowledge it consciously, and allow ourselves to feel it, to sit with it, and then give it permission to metabolize out of our body. That really is the key to mother wound healing, I believe because we can, we can talk about this all day long, but it doesn't live up here, it lives in here. And when we can work it out of our body and identify it in our body, um, then we can truly start to find the relief that we need. Um, so like I said earlier, this work is, is body work, it's breath work, it's energy work, it's all of that. Um, and uh, that's the most important part, I believe, and taking what you hold subconsciously and bringing it conscious to be able to acknowledge and feel and metabolize. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. And it's true. Everything resides in the body and it starts there. And, yeah. and the less we think, the less we're in the mental conflict and the fight of, again, getting what we didn't get, the more we can start being mothers to our own selves. Absolutely. Which is, which is a difficult step. It is. to acknowledge that it, was, it, it will not come <laughs> and we have to do it ourselves and we don't know how and it might not feel the same but again it's needed it's the next step thank you for this yeah when we if i can just add something to what i was saying earlier when we um when we start to look at our family system and we start to move it from a very personal wound to a family wound um we start to make room um to stop holding mom so responsible for meeting all of our needs. As we start to look at the family system, as we start to work this stuff out of our body, it just starts to feel differently. It starts to lay differently. It starts, you start to hold it differently. Um, and what you start to hear is that inner child within us, the one that is in that fight. And instead of her screaming at mom to give what she needs, um, you, as the adult you, has the opportunity to really uh, go in and um, hold that little girl, to um, tell her how um, much she is valued, how much she's wanted, how much she is needed, and you then start to become the parent to that little girl. And um, you and that little girl decide how you need to parent or how you need to parent her. And so... Um, I do that work with clients through meditation, sometimes through hypnosis, because I'm a, a clinical hypnotist, um, where I would guide clients into um, really visualizing the little girl in them, um, having a conversation with that little girl, really assessing what that little girl needs, and then you and her putting a plan together to get those needs met. Because at the core, um, mother wound healing is about how, uh, it's about a few things, how we hold mom, how we hold and how we uh, ultimately release 
um, the pain of our mother wound and the pain of that break in our maternal bond and then how we learn to reparent that little girl within us and from there how do we learn to then create our own autonomous self separate from what we've been carrying around and what we've been in a fight for for all this time does it make Thank sense you. it does um so i want to I want to go to the next step. You, we have uh, made conscious the subconscious. We have realized there is a wound and there is a mother and she's still in our life or maybe not. But I want to know in a situation where the mother was toxic, really like really toxic, we're talking like almost dangerous, how can one protect themselves against this situation? Like not, I'm not saying buy a house and do those things and legally have those things. How can you protect yourself emotionally from the wounds that are still happening? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's probably the question that I get most often. Um, so as an adult, um, I'm, the assumption is that um, the person is living uh, on their own, is able to support themselves, is not uh, financially dependent or um, in um, a physical space with mom, right? Um, and if that's the case, then uh, you have to have a really honest conversation with yourself about the level of contact that you have with mom. Because contact and having an outward relationship is very different than the way that you hold mom internally and the work that you do to, um, to keep yourself boundaried in a way that's healthy for you and to reinterpret the way that you get to love mom from within that boundary. Um, my mother was very toxic. Um, it was very difficult to have a relationship with her. She's since passed, but I often imagine what it would be like if she were still alive and I was doing this work. Um, and it would probably look like I wouldn't spend much time with mom. Um, it would probably look like I would be very honest with her and say, you know, mom, I love you, um, um, but I don't feel safe with you. And I need to keep myself safe. And, and here's what I'm going to do to keep myself safe. When you've healed a mother wound, when you have a substantial amount of healing, you're able to say those things without feeling like you are hurting mom, without feeling like you're betraying mom, without feeling guilty, right? Because you've learned that how, how to take care of yourself, to protect yourself, and to do it without apology, when you're operating from your mother, when it's very difficult to say those things because you feel guilty, um, you probably fear um, um, retaliation, um, and you know that the minute that you go against mom, she's probably going to, to either reject you or she's going to do whatever it is that she usually does. But when you, have, um, when you have done a considerable amount of work, you're able to set that boundary. And then you remain firm in that boundary. And what happens when, you, when you've done some of this work and you're able to stay within that boundary, the way that mom comes at you and the ways that she um, is toxic to you doesn't land the same way. And so it's not about you keeping yourself safe. It's just about you maintaining the boundary that you have created. Um, if we're talking about somebody who is not autonomous, who's not independent, uh, who maybe lives with mom, um, or who has to have constant um, uh, um, exposure to mom, yeah, which is which is a very real thing, right? And I'm talking about adults because I, I don't, I just want to disclose that um, I don't do this work with children because they're just uh, not, they don't have the autonomy um, that it would, that one would need. And a child um, it, and dealing with a toxic mom is a very different type of dynamic than an adult working through with a, a toxic mom. 
So what I've told clients who have been in uh, the same household with their mother is that they have to find their own way um, because I, I can't do it for them. And I can't tell them what to do. But within the dynamics of their relationship, they have to find their own way to keep their own space, um, to keep their own sanity, to um, whether that means, um, you know, being able to get out of the house as often as you can, finding weekends away, um, doing things that you can do to separate yourself physically so that you can have those moments of reprieve um, from, from the constant barrage. And, and in those times, really regroup and build up your, um, your, um, your well of self-love and self-care. Um, because if you have to be in that, you have to almost have an armor of self-love and self-care. Right, just to be able to get through that. Um, I do still highly encourage um, the speaking of boundaries. The um, here's my here's my space, and and here's how we can relate, um, and here's how we can't relate, and and hopefully that will at least give them space that they need. Sometimes it doesn't work that way, um, and those situations can be very very difficult. Um, my advice has been do what you need to do to be able to, to not be under the same roof um, if you can. And, um, and I know that sometimes that's not capable and, you know, we would have to work individually. I would work individually with that person to really explore what having peace in that situation would look like for them. Um, and it would be so individual. For one of my clients, it was just locking herself in her room and not engaging with the family. Um, because it just wasn't healthy. And she would um, have space and peace in the room when mom went to work. And, and that's, that's how she had to live for a while. That's difficult. It um, is. But it's mainly about how you, you allow uh, the behavior of mom to land on you. If you can do your own work enough and um, start to build your own sense of core and you start to really see mom for who she is and for the wounded person that she is, some of those things start to just land differently. And so that's really the work that I do with clients is how do we change the inner part of you that won't allow all these things to land so harshly on you? Because you can't change mom. You can't change her behavior. Yeah. I wish I had a magic answer for that, but there's just not one. <laughs> I wish there was. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a very difficult situation when you have to be in the house um, and exposed to it constantly. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask this question, when we are doing your work and when we are doing mother wound work, healing, do we have to cut the contact with her? Can we aspire to personal growth while being in her vicinity? Or is that required to spend a few weeks, a few months? without contact or with semi-contact, drawing extreme boundaries. Because when we do this work, each intervention, each, each exchange with a mother kind of renews the whole healing cycle. And it feels like, oh God, I'm triggered again. And I'm going through that usual cycle of triggered tr rage, despair, sadness, anger, hopeful justice, something else, you know, but... Is, is it something that you require, that you um, advise? So I don't require or advise anything. Um, I, I, would, I would talk to my client and we would um, assess what their need is. Sometimes it does require not being 
around mom for a while. Absolutely. Um, because you have to build up that sense of, you know, you have to build up your well of your emotional bank account of, of um, self-love and self-care. You have to really solidly establish your own boundaries and what that would look like. You have to build that level of compassion that helps you to have this bridge of compassion for mom that allows her triggers not to trigger you so, so deeply, right? So sometimes it does mean that. Sometimes it, it doesn't. Sometimes I've had clients who have an active relationship with mom and what they find is that each interaction just starts to feel a little bit different. Um, I have one client working through the mother wound who um, maybe on two or three interactions with mom after we had started working, she, she says, you know, I just feel different when I'm in her presence. I feel stronger. I feel more resolved. I feel uh, like my boundaries are impenetrable. I feel like um, what she says doesn't land so heavily on me. And it's because she's been doing the work of building up her own sense of inner core, her own um, self, her own self-love. Like she's been building all of that up. So when she's, if, if you, if you're in a constant relationship with mom and you're in this constant fight with her, you have no well to pull from, to even be able to have any type of resilience to that, right? But if you start to build that resilience, you start to build that, that inner core, um, you start to build that self-reliance, you start to heal that inner little girl, well, the way that you come into that relationship or that time with mom just starts to feel different. Um, and it can happen after one session, it can happen after you know three sessions, it can happen after a year, it can happen after six months. You'll know when you're in a presence with mom and you go, yeah, I just don't feel like I used to with her anymore. She doesn't have the same hit, she doesn't have the same power, she doesn't have the same sting anymore. Um, and you just walk away from that experience going, good job, good job about that and that even builds more resiliency because you can see that you can do it does that make sense it does but does it feel like we're loving mom less no oh god this actually is about loving mom more um mm -hmm. it's about, it's a but it's about loving her differently right mm -hmm. it's about loving her um, without expectation and i know that's really difficult for daughters um, because we are created to expect mom to be um, mom. Mm -hmm. The fact is, she's her own woman. And um, when we start to see mom as mom, or when we start to see mom as a woman, our perspective about her just shifts and we just don't hold the same expectation. And when we start to hold this, when we start to release that expectation of her, of her giving her, giving us all these things and we start to give them to ourselves, it shifts the power dynamic, right? Because she's not the one who is in control of everything. She's not the one in control of all the moods. She's not the one in control of all the emotions. She's not in control of all the love. She's not in control of all of that. We get to be in control of that for ourselves. And when we start to be and get control of that for ourselves, the way that we approach mom is different. We approach her from a more powerful perspective. And so she doesn't have, it's like, you know, um, it's like, you know, we look at our mom, especially for those of us who had really toxic moms, um, where this little girl kind of huddled in a corner and mom is over us and she's the big beast, right? That's how sometimes it can feel. But when we start to build up that, that, part of us that um, 
is fueled by taking that power back from her, then we start to grow and we start to, I mean, we'll never be on even kill with mom because mom is still mom, like and we're still daughter, but we start to get big enough where we don't feel so overpowered by her. And that starting to feel big enough starts from inside of us. And it starts with healing that part of us that, um, that gave her that, that space within us. We take it back and we start to nurture that little girl within us and we just start to feel more powerful. I understand. I have a yeah. personal question then. Sure. When we take that metaphor of the child just in the corner and the beast mom, mm -hmm. it feels like, of course, we can rise up and we can see eye to eye and not be, you know, overpowered by this. But in a way, it feels like we're just giving up on the desire for a good mom to come and take care of the child. Yeah. And how do we grow past that? How do we just... Be like, I'm anyway, you know, standing in front of my mom and doing the eye to eye thing, but I still, I'm still waiting, you know, I'm still in the fight of waiting for that kindness, that motherly love to come, which I never tasted, but yeah, still, still waiting for this. And even though I'm mothering myself and I'm doing all the steps and I also recognize mother maternal support from a lot of people around me. Sure. I'm still, I'm, there's still a piece of the puzzle missing. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a hard answer. Yeah. Right? Um, it's, it's hard to hear. Uh, you may never get that. Yeah, exactly. And, and coming to that realization that you may never get that is step one. And step two is to address where that need and that desire sits within your body that is still painful. So, um, if you were my client, we would work to find the root of that and we would um, work to um, un unhinge that and to allow it to be felt, that feeling of um, um, not being nurtured, of, you know, what that feels like within your body, what that's felt like throughout your childhood and what that feels like now. How, how is that manifesting? Allowing yourself to really feel that. And then once you allow yourself to feel, acknowledge, and accept that it may not ever happen, then you have this opportunity to release it. Um, I would probably also work with you through some hypnosis to get rid of that subconscious connection and trigger to that. And then doing what you're already doing, which is mothering that little girl, nurturing that little girl. And the more that you do that, and the more disconnected you come from, you, you, you get from the idea that you're expecting mom to do this because you've accepted that she never will, um, or she's just not capable because sometimes we need to hear that mom's not capable um and we find out that mom's not capable because we really entertain the system that she came from and how she was just completely unprepared and is not maybe doing any healing work um once we come to that realization and we accept what is um not with bitterness not with anger but just going i accept what is mom i accept you exactly as you are and i don't have any expectations for you to be anything different when we do that um, it just shifts the way that you interact with her. And eventually that desire goes away because you're meeting it in other places. And maybe you even do things that nurture that little girl in honor of mom. So when you do something like, um, you know, um, I don't know, what is something that you would do to nurture the little Ice girl? Ice skating? Like <laughs> just know, play. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm ice skating and I'm doing it, mom, uh, in honor of you and the things we never got to do. But I'm going to do this in your place and I'm going to honor this little girl. In mm -hmm. It starts to shift the way that we see that desire. Does that make sense? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I know so that, that <laughs> I do, you know, but you know, there's a time where you just go, it's not going to happen. And what do I need to do instead so that I don't have to carry this burden anymore? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Jumping into the systemic approach and, and the idea of an environment that surrounds us. Mm -hmm. What I mentioned first was the fact that society does not want to look at this, does not want to look at the fact that some mothers are not good mothers. We're not all born to, you know, bear children and love them. So how do we heal when we actually are talking about this and we are not being validated? And people are saying, yes, but you only have one mother or yes, but this is your mother or just taking you for a teenage person who might have this rebellious side of them and never listening to your experience. So who are these people? And I think that would be my first question. Everyone else. <laughs> so, so maybe the solution is then um, to not expect that they would have any different response right? Because the fact is that she is your mother. And the fact is that you don't have another mother, right? Those two things really are facts. But people say them in very dismissive ways that can make us go, well, yeah, she's my mother. But, you know, still, you know, kind of going back to what you said earlier is that, um, you know, women in general, they're just assumed that once they have a child, right, that one of two things happen, that one, that they become perfect mothers through instinct, um and do that none of their baggage will affect them during motherhood right they just become these perfect beings that are going to love their babies and um they're going to not have any problems and then when moms are not able to live up to that standard what happens shame and what happens when you have shame you often live in silence and you don't get help and so you have this manifestation of not being able to live up to these expectations of motherhood coupled with your own pain coupled with your own baggage and your own childhood stuff um, and it just starts to perpetuate this system of 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 a very can what can turn into a very toxic experience with our mother um, and so when you when you do consider that as a system, it does start to shift the way that you think about um, the way that mom is showing up. But feeling, um, the, go back to your question of what do you say to people who start to invalidate um, your experience, who start to invalidate um, what you're sharing with them? And I think if I were, if I were being really honest, my answer would be um, to keep your healing journey to um, yourself and a few trusted people who understand the work that you're doing and are able to um, validate the process that you're in. Because when we start to share it with other people, they're filtering it through their own unhealed wounds, often their own unhealed mother wound. And they're not equipped to share with you um, advice or things that are gonna validate you. And what's happening when you look to these people for validation, it's a manifestation of that fight that you're still in to get what you need. And so if we can see that that's what we're doing, um, we're able to pull back and go, these are not the people who are going to meet that need for me. I need, to, I need to meet this need for myself. And sometimes we just need to hear that that's what's happening. That's what we're doing. Um, and we all do it. We all do it. And I think that there's, a, a, there's an important part of our healing journey where we finally figure out what's happened to us and we want everybody to understand what's happening to us. And so we talk about it all the time and we, we, we think that everybody is going to understand, but the fact is that they're just not going to. 
And so we need to hold our stories, um, I think, precious, and we need to share them with people who are equipped to help us work through that healing journey. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. I mean, I've done that. I know. And, and, and people don't mean to hurt us. They just aren't equipped. They don't have the mm -hmm. knowledge. They don't have the, the tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're talking about the wound themselves and their consequences, their affects in our lives. We talked about relationships and I would like to talk about this again. So attachment styles, how can we, how can we enter relationships from a point of view where we didn't especially experience love? That's a good question. Um, I think I first want to say that I am of the belief um, that every relationship that we have is important. And I don't believe that we have to wait till we're perfectly healed to have meaningful and loving relationships. Um, I think that all of our relationships meet us where we are and are generally equally yoked for that time in our life. And so um, we're going to get out of that relationship what we're supposed to get. And we're going to feel out in that relationship what we're supposed to feel. And I think that all of those experiences matter. When we get to the point in our life where we are more intentionally doing healing work and we are looking at ways to show up to our relationships differently and with more, with a more healed intent, um, this really becomes a, a, a really important question. Um, and so my, I want to get clarity from you. Are you talking about um, getting into relationships as you're doing this work or before you're doing this work? What is it that, that you really want to clarify here? Because I think that's two different, definitely two different answers. I'm definitely talking about someone having a mother wound, someone who maybe has done the work on their own, not especially your work. But, you know, I'm also like, I also want to ask you this question. Can you ever heal 100% from a mother wound? Because after doing the work, are you still going to be forever neural you know like in your neurons in your nervous system attracted to love means this so love means this so i'm going to be attracted to people who do such things even if you heal it you have the, the glossary the index of what life is and you're still operating from those things even if you know this is healthy yeah but is it love then you know healthy love unhealthy love and all of those things, you know, can you? Yeah. I think the human experience <laughs> is, um, is one that is constantly evolving and constantly growing and constantly um, this seek to heal, this, this like journey to heal. Um, and so I think that, um, I think we're always gonna have the frame of reference of the self that we were when we were wounded. That never goes away, right? Um, I often joke, uh, and I don't, I don't know that it's a joke, maybe it's just me being passive aggressive sometimes, but I often joke that I'm a, um, a recovering codependent, right? And so in relationships, I have to actively monitor the way that I show up in relationships so that I can make sure that I'm not being and engaging in codependent behavior. Um, and I can do that because I have the awareness of healing, because I have the awareness of what that behavior looked like. Um, healing doesn't necessarily mean that you never experience that again. I think what it does is it gives you the awareness of how to work through it if it does resurface. Um, and so in my relationships, I'm constantly aware 
of is this behavior codependent and is this behavior not codependent? And it may show up um, stronger with one person versus another. Um, it's, it's really funny because we believe it, or I believe, and really this work believes that systems marry systems. And what that means is that um, I'm going to be um, pulled to people who have the same type of experience that I do or who complement uh, my experience in the same way that I complement their experience, right? And so we are constantly, I think, subconsciously and even energetically pulled to people that um, meet the best of us and also the worst of us. And it's up to us through our healing to notice when it's happening, when it's not as healthy as it should be. And so what you have more as you do healing work is the awareness. Um, and, it, and, and you have the ability to notice the red flags and go, yep, not doing that this time. And so you don't get into that year, two, three, year, four year relationship with somebody who you knew five years ago wasn't good for you. Mm-hmm. So that was okay. a long time to say healing creates the awareness so you don't repeat the systems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So now that you've done this work for many years for yourself as well, how, how do you feel? Can you be healed 100%? Mm. And does it still hurt? You know, does it still hurt? Yeah. Um, so the pain that, that I experienced with separation from my mom does not still hurt. Um, I don't carry pain around that anymore. I've really had the opportunity to come to terms with our relationship, um, to understand who she was and understand how she showed up and and what she did and did not have to give to me. And I think for me and her, I understand that in that very systemic way. Um, And I have been able to release any expectation that I ever had of her to to meet those needs. Because I see clearly, my mom just was not capable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think where it does still hurt sometimes is the way that um, it moves forward and in the way that it manifested with my own children. And in the things that I see them and some of the patterns that they've been repeating, um, I do see that and, and I can see it in the generations and um, that is sometimes still painful. But, but in that, that pain is, is almost a gift because I get to see the ways that it needs to be um, worked on and then I get to continue to do that work within myself and share and give permission within my family for more healing work to happen. Um, so does my mother wound pain, is that gone? Yes. I don't feel that actively anymore, but I do see in, in my children where um, they are doing their own work. And as a mother, that can be a little bit painful. I'm wishing all of us a lot of healing, a lot of self-compassion, understanding it's, it's what we need. Yeah. Um, about understanding, I want to ask this question because when we start to take care of ourselves, when we start to be own, our own mothers, or when we start to be in relationships, when we receive things that we never received, how can we, you know, how can we learn to accept those things? How can we experience love or, you know, uncon- unconditional love without feeling guilty, without feeling like we don't deserve it, without, you know, doing the whole parade of protecting ourselves and drawing boundaries from this love because we've been hurt. 
I think, I think the key part of that um, as you heal is to really do that inner child healing and really start to condition your inner child um, that love is safe and love um, is kind and love is giving and love is all the things that you want love to be for you. And that's like rebuilding your foundation, right? When you, when you, when you show your inner child that all of these things are okay um, because you're now giving them to, to yourself. Mm-hmm. You start to rebuild that foundation. Um, you start to choose different partners, different friends, different people in your life. And you start to choose those people in relation to um, the way that you relate to yourself. And so if you're loving yourself more and you're loving yourself in a more safe way, well, these people are also going to reflect that. And so it's going to be an automatic thing or it should be start to be automatic that if you're loving yourself more and you're um, around people who are loving learn, then their love will be trusting as well. So it's like this, once you, once you fix that part of you, that foundational part of you that tells yourself that love is safe, that tells yourself that you deserve love, that tells yourself that, you know, you are safe, then everything around you starts to radiate that same message. And how do you do this through EFT, through body, mind, body connection, mind, you know? stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, EFT, hypnosis, um, meditation. I, I, I have a meditation that I do with clients where um, we sit down and um, spend some really good subconscious time um, with, with your inner child and really get to um, reconnect with her. And then it's in the daily actions. It's in the way that you care for yourself. So when you eat a piece of good food, you remind yourself, I'm nourishing the little girl in me. When you do something like ice skating, you have that little girl right there with you and you tell her how safe it is to have fun again and that she can have fun and she doesn't have to be afraid. It's this constant reassuring until it gets to the place where that's just your state of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting used to it. Yeah, you got to you gotta rebuild that message within yourself that says, um, this is the life that I want to build and I'm going to rebuild it from the inside out, which means rebuilding it from that little girl out. Or just building it because we never, never, ever received it and we don't know how, what it is actually. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's listening to yourself when something feels good and trusting it. Mm-hmm. It's still good, I'm going to trust this. And, you know, the little girl in me, you can trust this too. It's really having, as simple as having those conversations with her um, and, and actively and, and regularly having those conversations with her, just like she was standing right next to you. Mm-hmm. I, I do this a lot, but I also see that subconsciously when the things are uh, supposedly good, they don't yeah. feel good. They feel scary. Yeah. There's still some deep wounds in the body then that need to, mm-hmm. to be resolved that override. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Override. Say, Oh, this is scary. Danger, danger, abort mission. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's still something within your body that is saying that, that you can't trust yourself when something feels good or feels safe. Um, and addressing that and letting that move out of your body would make room for those safer feelings to grow bigger. Okay, so it's possible. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Great. Even subconsciously, maybe doing some hypnosis work around, um, around that trigger also. Mm-hmm. Um, could help as well thank you so it's all about becoming your own mother and you know learning love maybe on your own or maybe with someone like you so can you tell us about your work how do you facilitate others how do you welcome others 
Um, are you asking specifically like what the work would look like? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if we were to come to you and what is, you know, on your website, what is available, what we can, you know, enjoy. <laughs> so I do individual and I do group work. Um, I'm really excited in 2020, I'm launching um, a group called Ending the Cycle of Your Mother Womb. And it's a three module uh, program. Uh, each module has uh, six sessions and I'm looking for the group to have about 10 people. Um, in uh, module one, we're going to be really digging into what it looks like to hold your mother wound in your body, what body awareness is, um, how, how your particular mother wound is manifested in your life, and then start to do some constellation work or energy work around that. Um, module two really dives into um, relation, your, your, your mother wound and how it manifests in your relationships, how it manifests in your parenting or in your fertility. Um, and then doing some constellation work around that. And then the third module um, is about um, spending some time grieving the childhood that you will never have um, and really coming to terms with um, what the expectation you can have for mom is, what the expectation you can pull for yourself and how to really get in touch with that inner little girl. And then building um, what I call a daughter's bill of rights, which is really you staking your claim in your own life moving forward. And so those three things um, all involve uh, mapping uh, the trauma that you've experienced, trying to place it back into the family system, understanding where it sits in the body, and then doing constellation work to, to, to really um, work that out energetically. Private sessions kind of work the same. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just want you to talk to us about family constellations because the people that are listening might not know what it is, and I think it's so important to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, family constellations are, um, they are, oh gosh, they're an experiential um, experience, right? I can do them with um, one person or we can do them in a group. And um, so if we, if we understand that we operate under a universal system of collective consciousness, then we also understand that your family operates under a system of consciousness. Um, really what it's called scientifically is a morphogenetic field. And in that, um, we share a consciousness with our family and it's in that morphogenetic field that healing can happen. So when one has, is doing a constellation, um, are you familiar with empty chair therapy? Yes, it's very similar to empty chair therapy, right? Where um, if we're doing one-on-one -on -one work, it would look like um, my client would uh, pick an object to rep say to represent mom and an object to represent themselves. And we would start off by, um, I would tell the client, place these two objects uh, in relation to how you view the relationship with mom inside. What does that look like inside for you? And what happens often, um, especially when I'm working with mother wound work, is that the, the, let's say I use mats, like foam mats, right? Um, let's just say that they will be placed looking at each other, right? Like this. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're standing in person in front of mom and you're literally like this, well, what's the feeling that immediately comes to your body? right? I mean, I can see it in your face. You're like, oh my God, you're too close. Get away. Right? So that tells me just that little thing right there tells me that, um, you're probably were overmothered or, um, your mother was very invasive or there was some sort of, um, 
uh, issue with mom not giving you the space or the autonomy that you needed. Maybe there was some abuse. There was, a, there was something there, right? Because normal mother-daughter relationship would be like, here's the daughter, here's the mom. Mom is behind daughter, supporting daughter, daughter's looking forward into her life. But when you have two people looking like this, they're probably at odds. They are um, not getting along very well. It just tells me a lot about, um, about what that relationship looks like. So then the daughter or my client would stand in front of that object and we would start to have a conversation that starts to resolve that entanglement. And that entanglement, um, as we start to resolve it, we start to acknowledge it in the body. And so I'll give her a sentence that'll say, um, you know, when I was a little girl, um, this happened or that happened and I felt like this, right? And then the, the, the client would say that, and then we would entertain where that lays in the body. How is that feeling? Where do you feel it? What are you feeling? Okay, let's place our hand there. Let's breathe through it. Let's acknowledge it. And then oftentimes it's a connection to a feeling that my client's never been able to pinpoint, acknowledge, feel, go back to the original moment of that feeling, and then actually feel it so that it almost as if she gives it permission to go, okay, I felt it. It's not as big as I thought it was. I can let it go. And we go through a series of these conversations um, where it just starts to lift the burden of what you've been holding in your body. If we were to do that in a group setting, they would, you, instead of using mats, you would use other people as representatives for your family. Mm -hmm. And so it would actually be a conversation that would be had. And so we shift positions, we shift uh, relationships. So it would be you talking to mom, and then maybe you might stand in mom's shoes, stand on in her space, and you get to feel what it feels like to be mom looking at daughter. Um, and so there's this energetic work that happens as you step in and out of positions of people within your family system. And so at, at its like most basic explanation that's what a, a family constellation is there are lots of ways that family constellations are done that's how I do them and that's how I've been trained to do them very directed very targeted um, and get right to the point of this is what we need to heal this is how you feel it hey let's give yourself some space and permission to feel that because probably you've never been able to do that before mm -hmm. and to create a situation in which things get unlocked and you get the tap on your shoulder by the uncle or the grandfather and you get the support that you always needed yeah yeah i always like to start my sessions with like this visualization of um, your family system behind you because even if our family system is really problematic they're still our family system and they still are our life force if we if we're thinking about it they're the reason that we exist and it's hard it's hard for us. it is it's hard for us especially um I, i'm assuming like me, like you, where we've had to be really independent and we've had to create this life of, of our own because we didn't get what we needed. Um, and so hearing that our mom or our father or our whole family system really is our life force is really difficult for us to hear because it's not felt that way. But there's something that shifts when we lay down that fight, when we lay down that need, um, when we go, okay, I'm not going to fight for it anymore doesn't mean I'm not going to get it, but I'm not going to fight for it anymore. And it gives space for everything and everyone that came before you to stand behind you and support you. Because ultimately, I, I believe that's what they want to do, right? If they're standing behind you, you feel like you're standing differently in the world because you have the support of your family behind you.
um, even if you have to recreate that and even if it's different from what it really was. Because when we're creating new neural pathways, when we're healing our nervous system, when we're working subconsciously, our brain doesn't understand if what we're experiencing is happening now or if it is happening five years ago or back when we were a child. The fact that we are experiencing it now and we're purposely and intentionally creating a new story around that feeling changes the way that we hold it in our body and it changes the neural pathways that carry that story for us. And that's the healing as it starts to happen. Exactly, exactly. Subconscious doesn't know if it's for real or not. Thank you. Which gives us the power to really create the story that we want to, care, that we want to hold around our mother wound healing. Exactly. So we could have a mother who was incredibly toxic, right? But what does it mean then to create a new story about the way that um, she did this small little thing for us that made us feel incredibly loved, right? Um, what if we started to focus on those little stories and allow those to become bigger than the pain because we allow the pain to go away. We start fighting for the need to hold on to that pain because it's our only connection to mom. Sometimes mm -hmm. that pain, right? Yeah. Here's a, here's a silly little story, right? Um, my mom, when we grew up, my mom um, was an addict, um, had lots of emotional problems, never, ever, ever kept our house clean. I mean, it was gross. It was really gross. And out of that, I, I didn't develop like this OCD way of keeping the house clean, but I've always been really intentional. Like my house is going to be clean. It's going to, um, I'm going to do things differently. I use this one cleaning product that my mom would use every time that she would get in a manic mood to clean because it happened, but not very often. Like I would say once a year, she would get in this manic mood to clean, right? And I remember that after she would clean, the house would feel so good. She would be like normal for a minute and we could have this like good, decent exchange. And I didn't put the two things together that um, I used this one specific cleaning product and I refused to use anything else because that's what my mom used every time she would clean the house. And so um, when I use this cleaning product, it connects me to a good memory that I have of my mom about mm -hmm. the time she would clean the house and it would feel really good and it would feel really safe. And so it's little things like that that allow me to um, connect a positive story into the relationship that I want to have subconsciously with my mom, where I get to hold on to something that's a little bit different than the pain. And um, those things start to add up as we start to realize them and they start to unlock as we start to shift away from really holding this pain in the mother wound. Thank you. Yeah. I interrupted you before you talked about your private sessions. Let's go back to your private sessions. So, okay, so private sessions, I, I kind of talked about it with, um, with constellation work. So that's what a constellation work looks like. But we start with a family mapping session. And a family mapping session for me is the most, um, is my favorite part because I really like um, putting the pieces together. And so um, using the core language approach, using the four themes, um, I'm able to, to really ask very specific targeted questions that will help us um, map on a genogram. And a genogram is really just a, a three generation family tree, basically, um, that has you, know, you and um, your spouse, if you have one, 
um, your mom and dad and their mom and dad. And there are very targeted questions that I ask about um, your relationship with mom, mom's relationship with mom, what's been, what happened in the family. Um, tell me about some of the stories and we do the same thing for dad's family. And from there, we can generally find a pattern that represents the exact same thing that you're feeling. So if somebody comes to me and they say, okay, my mom, um, I never felt like, um, you know, I, my mom loved me. And that's the core complaint. And so they come to me with a core complaint that says, my mom never, so my first appointment with a client is always um, where we kind of do an assessment. And this is where I do uh, the family map. And the family map is a three generation genogram that gives me very specific targeted information about your family history. And um, I follow uh, using um, the core language approach using, using these um, four principles. So um, the reason that you come into session is your core complaint. Um, it'll say something like, you know, I never feel like my mom loves me or my mom is a narcissist and this continues to affect my life or um, my relationships are in shambles um, because I you know um, don't know how to set boundaries or um, you know for whatever reason it's the reason that you were in session with me so in doing um, the, the three generation genogram I'm gonna ask um, questions about uh, mom and dad and, and the words that you give me are gonna be the core descriptors that we're using so I'll say things something like give me um, give me two words that describe your mom or was mom warm and loving or was she cold and critical? Um, and then I'll say something like, what would your mom, how would your mom describe her mom? You know, not tell me about your grandma, it's how would your mom describe her mom? Because the, the way that she describes her tells me a lot about their relationship. And then there's just a bunch of series, there's just a series of questions that I'm gonna ask to get through your family tree. And once we're done with that, what we're going to find is that um, we'll probably can find a core sentence. And a core sentence would be something like, um, I'm all alone, or um, I feel like if I do this, I let my family down, or this pain will never end, or everything that I'm experiencing is my fault. It's something that really goes back to you, and it's this sentence that really runs the background of your life. Um, I will never be loved you know, is a, is a big one that I, I often hear with women who are working through the mother wound. And from there, um, using the family system, using the core descriptors, the core sentence, we can usually pinpoint the core trauma and the core trauma um, will then pinpoint to one of the four themes, either a break in the bond, a merge, um, a rejection, or an identification. And while mother wound work really is a break in the bond work, oftentimes what happens is a merge or a rejection will manifest as well. Now, a merge is um, any way that you are living life like your parent, or how has, um, how, where in your life are you living life like your mother? Um, because oftentimes we can have a mother wound, but be just like our mother, right? And then the other one that I often find is a rejection, and it is a flat-out rejection of, of um, your mother. And you can do all of this with your father, too. A break in the bond is specific to mother, right? You can't have a break in the bond with your father. This is specifically to the way that our brains link and sync up to mom. Um, but you can have a merge and rejection of your father, but because my work is mother would work, that's what we're focusing on. But you can, um, all in the same, in the same, relationship with yourself and your mom, have a break in the bond, a merge, and a rejection. 
Um, the thing about rejection is, is not my mom gets on my nerves sometimes and I can't, I just can't be around her right now. A rejection is like this deep seated. I don't ever want to see my mom again. I reject everything that she is. I never want to um, have her in my life. That's a rejection. It's not the need for space. It's not the need for boundaries. It's, I don't want to have anything to do with her. And what we find is the thing that we reject mom for often starts to manifest in our life. Um, we find a partner like her. We find friends like her. We start to live life like her, which is also emerge. And so all three of these themes tend to be very central in mother wound healing. Um, and um, once we figure that out, then we can move into constellation where we start to then shift the energy of breaking the bond, the merge, or the rejection. And then once we've done that work, we start the rebuilding work of what it looks like to actually create compassion for mom, to understand the, the system, to hold her differently in your heart, to start to build your boundaries, to start to build your resiliency, and to restart to build your core so that you can move forward uh, having a different relationship internally with mom. Oftentimes what I do with clients then is I will um, then move into hypnosis once we've done the mapping and the constellation work and then I move into hypnosis um, and these are done over several appointments. Hypnosis mm -hmm. tends to be the kind of the icing on the cake where we then move to uh, help you release any remaining subconscious connections that you have to the triggers that we've worked through. So one is we look at the system we then shift the energy in the system and then we shift the way that you hold um, the, the wound, the mother wound um, subconsciously. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. So I will put the links to your group on Facebook so that when you have people, you can go through the modules and for your private sessions. Is there anywhere uh, on social media maybe or where you want to direct us to discover more of your work? Yeah, I, you know, I always direct people right back to my website because my website has all my articles, it has all my videos, and it has links to my social media. Um, but I think I provided you with social media links and um, they can follow me on Facebook or on Twitter or in the group that I have called Ending the Cycle of Your Mother Wound. Um, my Instagram is a mix of my business and my personal. So there you get to see my family and my grandkids and my dogs and my wife and all the food that I cook and all the, you know, the other things that I do in life. Um, but it, it mixes really well in, um, into the work that I do as well. So you can follow me on any of those places. Thank you, Shell, for being here. Thank you for your time, for your energy. It was extremely beautiful to speak with you and, and you know, in ways heal with you as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Everyone, I direct you to Shell's website. I will put all the links. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.